Hi guys, welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. This is Ekta. I am so excited about our guest today. He is the CMDO for Amore Pacific Group US. Um, as many of you know, Amore Pacific is a wonderful and one of the original Korean beauty skincare lines and under which falls brands such as Innisfree, Solvazu, Laneige, so, and obviously Amore Pacific. So, you know, without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to Julian Buzitat. Thank you so much, Julian. I am so, so excited you're here with us. This is truly a conversation I've been looking forward to. Good evening. Good evening. And so, Julian, you're the CMO, correct, for more Pacific US? Yes, I'm the Chief Marketing and Digital Officer for Amore Pacific US, which oversees uh, four of our uh, key brands in the US, which are Suwasu, Laneige, Innisfree, and Amore Pacific, our namesake brand. That's amazing. I just, you know, I want you to tell me really everything that got you started in, um, you know, the, this industry and just what made you really want to connect, you know, just connect this brand and make, make it as big as it is now. Sure. Uh, so basically, uh, uh, I've been working in the beauty industry for 20 years. Uh, and even though I have a very strong French accent, uh, most of my career was in the US and in New York. Uh, I started with L'Oreal uh, back in France and I was sent very early on um, to, to, to New York initially for 18 months and I never left. And with oh, wow. that, uh, <laughs> uh, so you never know. You, you never know what's going what's gonna to lead to, to your life and your career, basically. Um, and yeah. from there, uh, I did 15 years with the L'Oreal Group in multiple marketing roles from operational marketing on brands like Redken or Kerastase in the salon professional division. Yeah. Uh, to global marketing responsibilities, where I was in charge not only of North America, but of the, the world uh, for Kiehl's or for Redken, where you do product development, product branding, uh, uh, brand equity, uh, global strategy, and interact with the markets, basically. Uh, so I have a very well-rounded uh, beauty, beauty marketing uh, profile uh, later you know like we started to add digital e-commerce started with youtube and facebook before instagram was a thing um, and uh, and really started to, to 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 grow this way and then i joined the amore pacific group uh, in 2017 initially as the general manager of uh, one of our brand in free uh, which is our um our more green and affordable brand that is a, an amazing brand uh, and we launched Innisfree uh, in September 2017 uh, initially with our own freestanding stores we built 12 stores and a very very strong robust e-commerce presence and then at Sephora uh, back in 2019 and yeah. then last summer uh, we kind of reorganized the entire US operation and I was promoted to my current role overseeing all the brands. Wow, I really, really, you know, I, uh, it, I just free when I first saw that brand, I remember I was getting into skincare at the time. And um, it was just it was just a great product that I had. Um, I think I was using your volcanic uh, cleanser. And it was just beautiful. It was a beautiful uh, product. So um, that's amazing. In, in marketing and the beauty industry is very, very interesting. <laughs> Yeah, no, Innisfree is a, is, is, is a lovely brand because it's a brand that has such a strong heritage and, and brand equity. It, we're coming from Jeju Island, which is the Hawaii of Korea, if you will. 
uh, and we're really inspired by all the natural ingredients uh, uh, that we can find on this on this uh, on this island. Specifically, green tea because Amore Pacific owns uh, uh, the, the third biggest exploitation of green tea in the in the world. Uh, we have built a, a complete expertise on green tea. Wow. Uh, over the last 60 years uh, and it's really like a farm to face uh, approach to skincare we have this expertise of green tea for the face we have developed our own species of green tea just for skincare uh, mm. and have developed all the knowledge uh, and studies to understand the effect of green tea on the skin I would love, uh, Julian, if you could talk about the history of the brand, because, you know, clearly it was it goes back to 1940s, right? So I, I would love for you to talk about how it's preserved uh, Korean beauty. And it's really, you know, when I think of Korean beauty, I'm not going to lie, this is, these are the brands I think of, all of your brands. And, you know, yeah. so I really want to know, and I'm sure the listeners want to know, how the, you know, what's the tradition and the, and the history there? You know, if you can talk to us about that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, before K-Beauty was a trend, there was actually Korean beauty. Yeah. <laughs> there was Korean beauty in Korea, if you will. Uh, and Amore Pacific is by is for sure like the pioneer and, and the group that put Korean beauty on the map globally. Uh, as of last year, we're the number 12 um, global beauty company in the world, according to the WWD uh, uh, ranking. Yeah. Uh, and of course, it started in Korea and then progressively all over Asia. And more recently, North America, Australia, Europe have been where the brand has, the, the group has been expanding. So it started literally 75 years ago, uh, back in 1945, uh, with the roots of the company even going earlier than that, 1932, uh, with the the in the, the company was, was started in the kitchen of, uh, of, of uh, our founders. Uh, his mother was doing, uh, creating like a, a Camilla Olbe's uh, hair, hair, hair and skincare product that she was selling on the market. And that's what infused yeah. progressively uh, our founder uh, sensitivity to, uh, uh, to beauty and to, and to the cosmetic market and the cosmetic opportunity. And from there, uh, our founder really uh, developed the group uh, based on... Uh, uh, an, in, uh, an intimate understanding of natural ingredients uh, yeah. and also being inspired by, f by how French companies were doing it at the time. He traveled a lot to France and, and being inspired on how actually L'Oreal was doing it and then built uh, this empire uh, in Korea first and in Asia second. Wow, I didn't know that there was this uh, French collaboration and, you know, this, this intermingling with that going on. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, the French always seem to do it the best way sometimes, yeah? <laughs> that's the, that's I, the I, can, I can take part into that, uh, that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, honestly, that, that's very, very interesting. And I, and I love that, um, you know, the, the whole line, all, the, well, all of the lines are founded in this um, beautiful journey and this formulation, right? So like I want to, for example, I'm going to tell you my favorite essence is the more Pacific essence, the, the was the single ferment essence? What is the full name? Yeah. Vintage shingle extract essence yes oh my god julian that that one product i'm not joking has changed my entire skin since i started using it you know so it's phenomenal no it's an amazing product because this is you know this is exactly what i was mentioning about our expertise in green tea and owning the field like this essence you know you know that k-beauty a big part of k-beauty is fermentation uh and fermented uh, extraction and this product literally has 
is one continuous extraction process. Like we take the green tea uh, out of our uh, green tea leaves out of our, our, our field and we ferment it. And it's a 100 day process uh, from drying to fermenting. And then uh, when we press, we extract literally what comes directly into the bottle. The bottle is just a glass bottle. It, and what you get into the, inside of the bottle is completely unmessed with, untouched, and it's the pure extraction of that process. Wow, wow. That's wonderful. And so how much like how much lab like I want to I want you to dive into like more of the formulations for your products like how much do you work with the labs and like what are some things that you guys really you know like because I, I feel like all of the brands that that are under this umbrella are very very forward you know what I mean in the technology in the so I want to know about that how you keep everything cutting edge and amazing. So, like, uh, you know, you, thanks for mentioning the labs and the research and, and innovation because uh, we have the biggest R&D center in Asia for beauty uh, with over yeah. 500 researchers. Uh, it's based right outside of Seoul in a beautiful building. Our founder is, uh, loves architecture and every uh, Amway Pacific building is, a, is, is a, an architectural uh, prowess, I would say. Um, yeah. And so uh, investing in research and development has been at the core of the success of our company uh, with this passion for natural ingredients. So ginseng, uh, camellia, uh, green tea, all those are specific ingredients native of Korea that uh, we've developed a, a real expertise over the last 60 years. And we constantly be, uh, are at the forefront uh, of technology through that innovation research center. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's interesting because you're right. Ginger and tea have been around for so long, but you know, um, to see brands such as you know yours doing it the right way, you know, we have to bring medical research in and we have to bring chemistry and more. You know what I mean to understand mm -hmm. what's going on there. So I really like that you guys are are doing this. Yeah, no, it's a it's a very uh, timely process. You know, again, like I I think Amara Pacific is really well known for like doing things over a long period of time and really committing to the long time and to the process. Yeah. Uh, and I think something that I forgot to mention is every single brand of the group has been completely created internally, contrary to other uh, beauty groups that uh, grow through acquisition of smaller brands that they then globalize. Um, yeah. has created every single of its 30 brands uh, in-house, in basically, which is a very interesting way to think. That about. is very interesting. Yes. Can you walk us through, like, kind of what, which was the first one and how did you guys come through? You know what I mean? I want to, I want to know, the, know the timeline of this. So even myself, I don't know all the details, but what I can say, you know, we, we, we started to be like the ABC group, which was uh, Asian beauty company, I believe. Uh, no, uh, sorry, Asian beauty creators, ABC, Asian beauty creators. And that progressively became Amore, and then Amore Pacific became like a bigger thing. But Amore was one of the first brands uh, that are, are still got like uh, a progressive evolution to, to today. And then f other brands uh, were born um, more recently. Um, uh, Sulwasu was born in the early 90s. Uh, Innisfree came to be in 2000, basically. So uh, La Neige back in the late 90s. So all the more, the more famous brands that we have brought in the US are more like on the more recent side of our portfolio. But we have this 75-year-old year history, basically. 
I want to, you know, that's that's so interesting because I feel like you're also representing a huge, um, you know, gradation in the market for the type of consumers. So I know that, you know, some people really gravitate towards, um, you know, more Pacific and some gra- gravitate towards other brands. So how did you really um, kind of craft that um, with in terms of demographics of who you, you were targeting? Yeah, so I think, you know, each of our 30 brands and each of our four brands in the US really have like a strong brand equity, a strong territory, a strong t- storytelling and are um, engineered for specific uh, demographics or specific distribution channels. So that's what I love in my job is like every day I have to think, you know, a more like a very luxury approach with Amoris. Amore Pacific, a more uh, uh, a more affordable approach within Innisfree or La Neige, uh, where it's yes. all about fun or natural ingredient and sustainability for Innisfree. Um, La Neige is all about like sleeping masks and Sephora, like we're the number eight brand at Sephora at this point. So we're very, very much, we're going extremely fast. And then when you and, and then you go to another meeting and it's about Amore Pacific luxury uh, process uh, uh, artisanship uh, beautiful decor and experiences uh, so it's very interesting and fascinating to see uh, all the different facets of our portfolio and and at the end of the day we have this matrix matrixal approach where you kind of you know you have a problem a product for every um, every skin type, every demographic, every budget, and every distribution channel from, uh, you know, very luxury with Brogdog Goodman and Neiman Marcus to Sephora, uh, to Amazon, uh, to, of course, digital. Uh, so we're, we're, we're able to, to cater to a, a, a big diversity of consumers. Yeah, and that's actually what I want to talk to you next is about your, you know, the company's uh, real dedication to this diversity and growth initiatives. You know, you you guys are all about growth and all about, I, I think inclusivity is done so well um, by your brand. And I, and I just want to know more about that. How do you, you know, approach this? Yeah, I think, you know, we, we are really about, so as I mentioned, you know, our brands are organized to really be complementary to each other. So we can kind of canvas uh, most of the needs out there. And yeah. then uh, after, um, uh, we're really about star products. We call them engine products. Uh, mm. And we really believe in the power of, you know, uh, we really believe in our formulas back to our investment in, uh, in in research and innovation and so we know that when yeah. people start touching our formulas whether it's through sampling through demonstration or just purchasing a first product they will come back they will be convinced by the power of our formulas and then they will dive into uh, uh, into the uh, more deeply into the brand and mm-hmm. so we're really focusing on our star products uh, for La Neige it's obviously the lip sleeping mask we sell one every minute uh, at Sephora in the US at this point oh my gosh <laughs> that mask is so good too <laughs> I know why we can't yeah. keep it on the shelf there's always more people that discover it every day uh, so we're very um, we're very excited about this on Sulwasu, we have our first care activating serum, which is really encompassing all about this expertise about ginseng that I was mentioning earlier. Uh, and this form, this product is the number one uh, product in Korea uh, in the luxury world uh, and has been uh, growing extremely fast uh, in the US and putting the brand on the map, basically. So, Julian, do you uh, see a trend when uh, what's like really popular in Korea versus the U.S. market for your brands? Like, is it usually like going hand in hand or is there like some differences? 
You know, I think I think that was more true a few years ago. I think okay. very much, you know, like sleeping mask, which we call in Korea sleeping pack, that mm. really came from Korea. That was a K beauty. That was a key uh, category of the K beauty crave, I would yeah. say, and that was really like you know synonymous uh, of uh, of K beauty. Sheet mask in the same way uh, came from there, and industry is very strong on sheet mask. It's a key category for us. We have biodegradable sheet masks uh, in line with our uh, sustainability uh, profile for this brand. So you you saw that, um, and and in a way, you know, some serums and and, and toners, all, all the liquid skincare was very much inspired by by K Beauty. I would say that in the last couple of years, I'm seeing a bit less, you know, of like. A, a key obvious category that is coming from Korea. I think it's a bit more blended at this point. However, hybridization of um, uh, and, uh, of skincare uh, has been inspired very much by by Korean beauty as well. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. And I actually want to uh, shift back to the science and research stuff because, you know, I'm a huge science nerd. So <laughs> I love talking all things, you know, formulation. Uh, and so I want to talk to you about how you guys have in your formulas created a balance of um, old and traditional ingredients, for example, ginseng, but then keeping the new innovative stuff that's coming up, you know, in technology. How do you how do you balance that? You know what I'm saying? Like in terms of formula. Sure. So I think, again, you know, it starts with the nat- natural ingredient um, and, uh, and and that expertise. And so and locally sourced ingredient, sustainably sourced ingredient, and really uh, uh, an in-depth, in-depth understanding of uh, the properties of those ingredients for the skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we pair them with either... Uh, delivery systems to to go deeper into the skin, even though I'm not supposed to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll pretend like we never heard it, guys. (laughs) uh, Or, you know, marrying those natural ingredients. (laughs) Exactly. You know, what what we believe very much is this trend that is kind of, you know, we've all heard about clean beauty and we believe that where we're going is clinical, which uh, clean, C-L-E-N of clinical and really merging those natural ingredients and those clean beauty um, uh, fundamentals yeah. we, uh, of, you know, being extremely respectful to the, to the skin, but we, we are going to now pair them uh, with um, uh, uh, boosted active that comes maybe from, you know, uh, uh, a, a green chemistry uh, or uh, 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 sustainable, sustainable farming that are boosted by technology. That's something yeah. that we're really interested with and we're speaking with our labs about. I feel like that's the dream child in skincare, which you just described, you know, clean and clinical skincare. That's amazing. And I think, you know, this is a very interesting point that you're bringing up because I think in the uh, conversations right now, um, there is no idea of this merger of the two, right? There's all, there's like either clinical skincare or there's clean beauty skincare. And it's, I completely love that you guys are merging this. This is, this is going to be great. Yeah. And then, you know, after like beyond the product, it's all about the experience and how do you merge digital with it. And so yeah. what has been a, 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 an amazing journey for Amore Pacific uh, and, and a great pride for us is that two years in a row since last year, uh, we've been presenting at CES, you know, the big trade show in Las Vegas. Uh, the consumer oh, yes. Yeah. And we won <laughs> some prizes for the beauty innovation. Uh, the one oh, last wow. year. The one last year was my favorite one. Again, you know, we are an expert in sheet mask and we presented um, a, a, a new technology that was 
was allowing you to print a, a face mask completely uh, suitable to your face and a 3D face uh, customized sheet mask, basically, uh, that we will take a picture with a, a scan or with a, a cell phone and then be able to, to print a, a sheet mask completely suited and fitted to your skin contour. So that was super wow. cool. Wow. Um, and this that year- That is so cool. Wait, 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 you can't keep going yet. I, sorry, sorry, I'm, I'm so excited. That. I seriously, for me, sheet masks are like game changing. I, it's my favorite skincare product. So I'm going to have to look more into this. This is very cool. <laughs> yeah. No. So that was, you know, I, we, we love that innovation. And this year we did uh, something completely different. It was actually in makeup. I've been talking a lot about skincare, but we have a big uh, makeup business in Asia. Uh, yes. And uh, we've launched uh, a new technology this year, uh, which is pretty much a customization of, of lipstick with a, where you can select a amongst 2,000 two shades with different pigments and have your uh, uh, lipstick completely customized uh, for uh, for your skin tone. Oh and my gosh. So I can finally find my perfect nude lip color. That's, gr oh wow. Yeah, it's completely. So how do you, how are you guys managing to do that 2,000 shades? That's a lot. How did yeah, you manage that? Yeah. Because, you know, like the, the limitation when you're producing traditionally basically is you have like yeah. you produce in a factory far away from the point of sale and now yeah. when you have this ability to blend and to have to bring the lip factory on the point of sale on the point of purchase or wherever the customer the consumer is for that experience then yeah. you can have this customization and personalization and tailor-made approach to beauty which is really exciting and which of course with digital uh, has been making us go much faster in this area. I, I really love that. I mean, I, I'm just curious how, uh, from the digital standpoint, how you're going to interact with the consumers for that, you know, in terms of the buying experience. Yeah. So, you know, beyond those experiences, those ex so of course, what we present at CES is, uh, is, is very much, you know, uh, uh, forward thinking and is not going to make it to the market tomorrow, but like yeah, those, yeah. Those are big trends. But, you know, speaking of digital closer to home, of course, with the, the COVID pandemic, we, we had to accelerate our digital pivot and, and, and our digital acceleration. We were well on our way to it. So we were not taken by surprise in a way. We were ready for it. But for sure, yes. we saw this influx of, uh, of more demand, consumer and traffic on our sites. So the big conversation we're having right now is, you know, how do we, specifically for our luxury brands, for Amoy Pacific and Suwasu, how do we build a digital luxury experience? How do we yes. bring that service and that consultation and that personal touch, if you will, uh, that goes with a $450 cream uh, yeah. uh, to a digital experience for someone that is uh, at home. And so we, we went really quickly and I'm so proud of the collaboration with our field team and our digital team. And we launched virtual consultation uh, very early on back in April uh, after we all started to work from home uh, and, and, mm. and retail stores were shutting down in March. And, and, you know, at the beginning, it was very low tech. It was literally like our teams at home with our cell phones. <laughs> and, and progressively, we're, we, you know, we, we saw a lot of interest from consumer, great conversion, a higher basket size, actually, uh, compared to people just, you know, uh, shopping online. Uh, so we're progressively investing more into like a, a stronger backend technology to make that experience even more seamless. Julian, why not mix the 3D idea with um, customizing your luxury brands? That would be amazing. You know we, what I mean? Like that, that's certainly on our roadmap. You know, we have a little bit of logistic to figure out to figure out behind that. And again, you know, in the in the case of the US right now, we have yeah. yet to have a strong makeup brand. We are more focusing on building skincare. 
Uh, speaking of makeup, though, I did uh, bug Maria because I, I, I wanted to try your uh, SPF foundation. And I, she was like, we're not big on makeup right now, but sure. And I love it. I am in love with that product. So I can't wait for your makeup. <laughs> Yeah, no, are, are, you, are you referring to the cushion technology? Yes, the cushion foundation. It is truly, truly a beautiful product. Uh, and, you know, so in, so Amore Pacific Group was the inventor of the cushion technology. So in addition to, that's probably one of the biggest thing, you know, that is associated to K-Beauty and that was a huge, a huge breakthrough. And this idea of a very wearable um, and breathable foundation uh, that you can apply very easily in a compact and with SPF. And that has been a huge success. Uh, that is a 100% a breakthrough and a patent. Yeah, that, that it's a beautiful foundation. And I'm somebody who never wears foundations. So for me to be able to use it and go to work is, has been a huge game changer. So I'm really excited about the customizable lipstick, though. That's going to be something I'm, I'll be on that website all day. <laughs> So uh, um, a lot of these smaller brands that I interview, you know, oftentimes they can't, you know, the innovation part, right, of the formula is where we always get stuck. And I want to ask for your advice for smaller brands that don't have their own lab facilities. They're relying on these, you know, external labs. Like, how do they take more control of this, um, you know, innovation-backed uh, idea that you guys are practicing? finger on the on, on a critical issue and a critical difference between uh you know big 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 beauty groups like amore pacific and and small dtc brands uh yeah. to have the capability to have your labs in-house and your power of innovation in-house and so come up with true differentiated technologies that only you are going to have is a huge point of difference. When you do work with a third-party uh, vendor and manufacturer, uh, of course, you can always be first to access the technology, but more often than not, you're going to have to share it with other, other brands. Uh, and so mm -hmm. that's a key point of difference. So it's very, uh, I think what is important um, for those, those uh, ind independent brands is to really stay true to your core and who you are uh, because uh, that's for your point of difference and that's how you create uh, the fandom and the loyalty of your consumers. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I read recently an a few, few months ago an article about uh, how Drunk Elephant, you know, was very much all about like airless packaging and one yeah. product they launched without a airless packaging and immediately, you know, it was, a, it was a challenge because consumer felt it was not true to the core of the brand. And I think staying to, yes. the, to your brand core and equity and what you stand for, um, is important because if you're not going to have, you know, uh, the power to invest in breakthrough technology uh, all the time. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's great advice. It's really great advice because, you know, and also I, from a research standpoint, I wonder if this, you know, there needs to be this more collaborative environment from the get-go. I mean, do you agree with that? Because I think right now skincare is, is shifting. I mean, obviously brands such as uh, as yours, you guys are doing it right. You know, you're you're putting numbers out there and you're, you're showing transparency, but I wonder for smaller brands, you know, at really bringing in the science and the, and the innovation, like I, I, I just wonder if it would be easier if they collaborated with larger brands or other brands, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's um, it's 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 hard for me to comment on that because I'm I'm not on the other side. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, you know, I think what is very important is uh, uh, 
full transparency and accuracy to the consumer. Uh, you have to spend money on your claims uh, and being really like say, say truly what your what your your formula is going to deliver and not misrepresent it. I, I really believe in that. Right. Absolutely. Well, everybody out there, I hope you've loved this interview. Julian, thank you so much. This has been amazing. I mean, it's been a dream come true because uh, like I said, every brand that you represent is my all-time favorite Korean beauty brand. So, um, you know. I very much appreciate your time. It's always fun to talk about something I'm so passionate about. So I'm, I'm glad we got a chance to chat. Absolutely, absolutely. And everybody listening, please leave us some, some comments and I will pass them along to uh, Julian's team if they have time to answer them. But thank you so much and stay tuned for another episode. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.